Hi there! Welcome to episode 86 of the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're here to listen to the most interesting video game music there is. The Game Boy turned 30 recently, and what better way to celebrate that momentous occasion than to spend some time with some of the handheld's most memorable music. Get yourself four AA batteries, because tonight we listen to the music of Nintendo's Game Boy. Well, hi, Matt. How are you? What's up, man? I'm good. How's everything? Everything's pretty, you know, it's, it's not too bad. We're back. We, we had a little hiatus. We had a uh, little summer vacation. Yeah, a little little summer vacation. We're back in time to uh, wish the Game Boy a, a fashionably belated <laughs> birthday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going pretty good. I'm, I'm happy to be here, happy to be recording again. Uh, I've been looking forward to, to doing this episode for a while. It's a lot of listener requests, a few things off the beaten path for me, so I'm, I'm pretty jazzed about it. Yeah. Uh, so I guess let's let's just get to work, huh? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, uh, since we'll be covering a number of tunes by various art, various artists, we'll be breaking down who they are on a song by song basis, uh, and who they're by on a song by song basis. Also, this episode's track list is comprised almost entirely of listener requests. Um, so let's let's get to a little bit of our work here. What is your personal history with the Game Boy? I don't know if I've told this story before. And if I have, I'm going to apologize to those who have heard it. So when the Game Boy came out, uh, I was approximately eight, nine years old, give or take. And uh, I got it for Christmas that year. And then the following summer, I went to summer camp and I thought I was the cool guy because I brought it and I immediately lost it. And that <laughs> was it. Oh, <laughs> yep. And um, but fast forward I don't know, maybe 10 years or so, I ended up getting my hands on like uh, whatever newer model was out at that time. It was like a the, the smaller one. It was and, still black and white? Uh, yeah, yeah. Did I never went pocket. to... Yes, I, I got the pocket. I got it used from a buddy, actually. Um, and uh, I got to relive some of the old... You know, I used to, obviously I had Tetris and Mario... I think I bought myself, like, Battleship, because I thought that was cool. I had Monopoly for, you know, some ungodly reason. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, I, you know, sat in my bedroom when I wasn't playing, like, you know, Final Fantasy VII. I was, uh, I was playing Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's that's kind of the extent of my, uh, my FaceTime with the Game Boy. I, I really dug it, you know, one of the first truly portable systems. I think up to that point, I had a lot of those... Um, tiger lcd games oh you know which ones i'm talking about there you go oh i know i have a bunch of those i had a few i don't know if i my mom might still have them in a closet somewhere i didn't have them when i was a kid i I have a bunch now Uh, my parents never bought them for me um yeah so up to that point that was kind of portable video gaming you know, with very limited exception. Um, I yeah, remember. I mean, like, unless you had a friggin', um, what was it, like, a, a Microvision. Uh, before the Game Boy, there really wasn't much else. Uh, you know, I think the Game Gear was around the same time. Mm-hmm. But the Game Gear was such a different animal, you know? It was... Oh, absolutely. Six AA batteries, half the battery life, if even that. Uh, you know, color screen, but, like, woo blurry. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it was... It was something, and uh, as similar to NES to Master System, you know, even though the Game Gear was technically superior graphically speaking, um, 
not even just technically, just flat out <laughs> graphically <laughs> superior. Call spade, spade. Uh, the sound was a totally, uh, I, I think it was totally one-sided in Game Boy's favor when it comes to the sound. You know, it's a uh, the, the Game Boy has just such a, this really marvelous sound that it produces, um, and I think a lot of the tracks that we've picked for tonight highlight that extraordinarily well. Uh, whereas the Game Gear sounds just like a Master System, which is extremely chirpy and and kind of hollow. And while there are some great compositions that exist on the platform, um, uh, all in all, it's not something it's not something that's known for its great music. You know? Yeah. Um... You and I were talking a little bit before the record button was hit, and uh-huh. <laughs> the Sega system, yeah, it, it's a little lackluster at times. Yeah. Um, I even owned a Game Gear 2, and I don't remember really being blown away by you know some of the titles I had. And, but again, it was handheld gaming, but in color. <laughs> so, you know, it had its... Uh, I don't. I don't even know what to say. It had its moment, I guess. Yeah, there's there is cool stuff to be had on the Game Gear. It is a fascinating, fascinating little system. Uh, but it's just it's not even close for me. It's <laughs> Game Boy hands down. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no bones about it. Now, my history with the Game Boy was uh, again. I don't know if I've told this story, but if I have, I apologize. Uh, I did not get my own Game Boy for a very, very long time. Um, the first Game Boy I ever played was a, a kid named Ryan Anderson brought it into school, and uh, he let me play uh, Super Mario Land on it. And it just like, holy crap! I'm playing, I'm playing Super Mario, but like in the palm of my hands, and it's not those dinky L- Tiger LCD games, which I've always <laughs> I've always hated those things. They're such garbage. Uh, yeah. Like the the most the closest I've ever had to fun with those kinds of games were Game and Watches because they were. Just these really simple but fun things, and but a Those lot of the Tiger the games LCD games, like of. yeah, like sometimes the Tiger LCD games could be kind of fun, but most of the time, like they just weren't even very good at that. You know, they no. were just well, here's a bunch of trash. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> it makes some bleeps. It's got some pictures on it. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Terrible. Look and see if we have those. I didn't get a Game Boy until the Play It Loud series, um, mm. which was before the Game Boy Pocket. But not by a whole lot. That was when they first released them in colors, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I got myself that. the red one because uh, I th- thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I still do. I love my red Game Boy. It's awesome. Um, do you still have I, that that exact one? I do. Yes, I have. Oh, I have awesome. several Game Boys because I'm a you know a pack weirdo. rat nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am. Uh, let's let's see. What am What am I sitting on in in Game Boys? Let's see here. Let me go down to oh, my boy. systems category I here. Shouldn't have said anything. Let's. Let's dive in, in my insanity. Uh, let's see, Game Boy. I have four gray Game Boys, uh, one clear one, one red one, uh, of just original Game Boys. And if we want to get further, I've got a, a Game Boy Advance. I have the Toys R Us exclusive blue, the clear pink, the indigo, the clear blue, like the glacier. <laughs> sorry, uh, the exclusive Target red, and the Toys R Us uh, black one. Uh, Blue Game Boy Advance SP, the NES Classic Series SP, and the Red SP, a Yellow GB Color, a Kiwi Game Boy Color, a Pokemon uh, Limited Edition Game Boy Color, the Grape Game Boy Color, the Famicom 20th Anniversary Game Boy Micro, 
the clear, uh, sorry, Toys R Us exclusive Extreme Green Game Boy Pocket, the red Game Boy Pocket, which was the one that I bought, uh, and the silver Game Boy Pocket. Those are the Game Boys I have. And then I have two black Game Gears and one blue Game Gear. I don't even know what to say to that. That's I didn't even know there were that many. I, I mean, I uh, I did know that there was a color <laughs> line because the pocket I had was um, the silver one. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was a color line, but I didn't even know there were like Toys R Us and Target exclusives. That's insanity. They're really cool because like instead of like on the on the bottom of the screen, like if you're looking at a Game Boy Advance and it says like so on the bottom of the screen it says Game Boy Advance, but then at the top it says Target. Yeah, <laughs> or at the top it says Toys R Us. Uh, which is that, that's pretty neat. Okay. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I bought that, and I bought. Uh, I went back and co- just got a handful of the games that I had missed over the years. Um, geez, now I'm trying to remember if I had gotten them before or after I got the Super Game Boy, because I definitely got myself a Super Game Boy and Metroid Two, mm-hmm. um, and Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters, and I had Super Mario Land, Donkey Kong Land. So that's basically my history with the Game Boy. Um, uh, and then I played it for eons after that. I played mostly on the Super Game Boy. I did enjoy a ton of time with Mario's Picross on my original Game Boy, which we will talk about before this episode is out. But I honestly, I, I like playing games on the TV more than I like playing them portably. Uh, and yeah. I play them more portably now because of just time restraints. Uh, and the Switch's screen is gorgeous, but... Um, Given the choice, I'll always go for the screen if I can. Uh, And especially growing up in the Super Game Boy, it was just like a godsend to me. I loved playing with the Super Game Boy. Playing through Metroid 2 on the TV and giving it all the different colors. Super Mario Land. Ugh, Super Mario Land. I did like that ability to give uh, games like color schemes. Mm -hmm. You know, that was always kind of cool. A friend of mine had that. And I just remember being like, oh, that's nifty. But never really being like, oh, I really want to you know, run home and get my battleship and play it on this or, you know, whatever. Well, I guess let's uh, go ahead and, and get it started, shall we? Yeah, man, let's just drop right in. So, obviously there are some some real heavy hitter original Game Boy songs that we're going to hit, but I thought that the, the coolest way to kick this off would be to play a track from the first episode of uh, this show. Um, the very first episode of Wave Back, I did a game called Balloon Kid for the Game Boy. Um, which features one of my absolute favorite uh, soundtracks by Hirokazu Tanaka, uh, who is known for Super Mario Land, Metroid, Kid Icarus, uh, various others. He's probably he's easily in my top three, possibly my favorite composer ever. Um, his his stuff is just so legendary in my head, and this soundtrack that he put together for Balloon Kid is, I, I just think, pure magic. It just captures the feeling of. It captures the feeling of playing um, in the daytime, in the afternoon, in the summer, with uh, the windows open. Um, It just captures that feeling of complete relaxed but enthralled video gaming in the best possible ways. And this whole soundtrack, top to bottom, is is one that I love. But this track in particular of Pennsylvania, because the... It's like giant pencils and erasers in the background, so it's Pennsylvania. Ha, 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 ha. Can I can I just jump in real quick and say that I read the title and I was just like, "What are they trying to make it like a play on Castlevania?" I didn't even pick up that it's Pennsylvania, <laughs> like the state. <laughs> 
I'm so angry at myself right now. <laughs> oh, Balloon Kids, it's, I think it's, it's just such a fantastic game. It's, um, you've played Balloon Fight before, right? Uh, yes, yes I have. This is an adventure game. It's a sequel to Balloon Fight, uh, which T- Tanaka also did the soundtrack to. Um, and they, there was that whole balloon trip mode where you would like t- try to dodge the little zappy things and collect as many balloons as you can. And mm-hmm. They basically made an entire like adventure game out of that mechanic, uh, and it's it's fantastic. It's very unique. Uh, it's like they it's like they made a platformer out of Joust. It's just insanity, um, and uh, it's really tough. Not too tough, but it's just got such weird mechanics that it's it's pretty different from most other things, uh, and I just think it's a, an absolute delight. And this is a one of my favorite songs from that game. So let's kick it off with a a song we haven't heard on this podcast for a number of years <laughs> since episode one. Uh, so here we go. This is Pennsylvania from Balloon Kid by Hirokazu Hip Tanaka. Enjoy. Pennsylvania from Balloon Kid. That was requested by Matt Much. An excellent suggestion. One of the things I human being. An excellent human being, really. One of (laughs) one of my one of my very favorite humans. He's one of my favorite Matts. Indeed, and you are a Matt. Like that's (laughs) high praise. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) One of the things that I, I I I adore about this song is that. So, like I said before, Balloon Kid is a sequel to Balloon Fight, um, but it's it's far less known than Balloon Fight. But uh, so the music in Balloon Fight, that Balloon Trip music, is relatively iconic NES music. It's it's pretty well known. And what I love about this song is that it is a play on that 
cartoon. It's a um, it's kind of just an a super expanded version of that, which is kind of what this game is. It's it's just a remarkable parallel between the game design and the music design. Is that you know Balloon Kid is this just completely exploded, expanded version of this very simplistic arcade style game, Balloon Fight, and thus this music is a completely blown up, gorgeous expansion on um, that original tune. Uh, it's, it's something that a lot of artists do, and we'll hear we'll hear a bunch of that on this episode. But a few people do it, I think, as well as Tanaka was this that really high bass line. You know, when when the bass line on Game Boy games goes to the, just it goes up really high instead of staying in the really really low registers, it just it, it just tugs on my heart. I really love that sound. God, I adore this song. What did, what did you think of this one? Um, I really loved it actually. Uh, there's a certain for lack of a better term, there's a certain level of innocence to it. What you you brought up at the beginning, and I, I think that's because you brought up at the beginning, it reminds you of um, summertime, windows open, and just, just playing the hell out of it. Um, I can totally see going back to that. Because, you know, I have moments like that too, but I was actually just having a conversation with a friend of mine. Uh, I have that with music, with record releases and stuff like that. I can tell you exactly where I was when, you know, a certain record came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can I can totally um, see that. This is a really good track, actually. Um, it's something I would have expected from uh, an older game, like an NES title. You know, kind of when um, I don't know. The I keep I just keep circling back to the word innocent, like when when times were simpler. You know. Yeah, I mean um, this this is a game about uh, a girl. And her little brother was kidnapped, and so she like straps balloons to her back and chases after him. Like Look at that, it, it, it's a it is it's a very innocent little game. Um, strong so. strong female role models right out the gate. Look at that. Yeah, Alice. What the heck, man? Like, where's where's Alice been? She she saved her brother from like all these weird creatures with nothing but a pair of balloons strapped to her back. Come on, man. <laughs> Give Alice some love. Yeah, let's. Uh, if you're listening, send some love Alice's way. Um, yeah, I don't have too much to say to it. I like the composition a lot. I liked a lot of the choices um, in composition, like where the melodies went and stuff like that. It's um, it just it it just felt like a good old you know, put a smile on my face to steal your uh, catchphrase. Uh, just one of those good old tracks, man. It's a good track. It's darn joyous. <laughs> All right, let's let's keep going then. Keep yes, keep sir. the joy a running. This next uh, track was requested by Alex Wyzek, who has been on this show, and will be on this show again when we get around to uh, doing Eesh. Sonic Adventure Two again. Um, he requested Mount DDD from Kirby's Dreamland by uh, Jun Ishikawa, uh, who's worked on things like Adve- he's a, a HAL artist, so Adventures of Lolo Three, Hyperzone, and many Kirby games. Uh, this is the last stage in the game, and it is a it is a fantastic track. <laughs> I love the oh, Kirby's absolutely. Dreamland soundtrack. Yes, um, yeah, absolutely. You're familiar with this one, right? Yes, on um, an episode of Cartridge Quest with uh, Dean and Carmine, we one of the first games we chose was uh, Kirby's Dreamland. Gotcha. I played it through the uh, Raspberry Pi emulator, mm-hmm. but I was very blown away by the soundtrack. I, I dug it a lot. Yeah, it's really, really well done. So, uh, and this is some we know you know we love boss music here, and this yeah, is some buddy. bossy boss music. So let's jump right in. Here's Mount DDD from Kirby's Dreamland. Enjoy. 
DVD from Kirby's Dreamland by Jun Ishikawa. Give me your thoughts and feelings, Mr. Matt. Oh man, that's such a good one. I I love that boss fight too. One of oh the yeah, and the wrestling ring. <laughs> yeah, one of the things we talked about on uh, Cartridge Quest for that, and this might be a little astray of talking to the music, but one of the things that really comes to mind for that was attempting to figure out actually how to harm and thusly defeat uh, DDD. Uh, because, you know, you don't really get, they don't really give you any kind of, you know, heads up, like, this is what you have to do. So I can yeah, you have playing. to eat the stars yep. that he, like, because I just thought it was the same boat when I first got there. I just thought it was an effect. Mm -hmm. And then, like, oh, I can eat that effect? Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> yeah, sure, let's do that. Yeah, absolutely. And so this track reminds me of that kind of moment of discovery, which, you know, you don't... I don't want to say you don't get that in modern gaming because there's quite a bit of tutorial and there's quite a bit of heavy-handedness with some things. Mm -hmm. um, but, but you don't really get that with modern gaming. Um, and so it, it reminds me of, like, that those couple of days where I was like, what do I have to... You know, I say a couple of days. I didn't spend 24 hours each day playing, and I, you know, I just, I've got responsibilities. So, you know, I'm playing <laughs> 10, 10, 15, 20 minutes a clip, and I'm like, damn, what do I have to do here? But I refused to look it up. I said, no, 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 I'm gonna, gonna play this. And, well, yeah, that music is great. Just, if I mean, to me, it, it's, it's, it embodies everything about that stage. Like you said, the boxing ring or the wrestling ring, whatever you want to say. Well, he's boxing because he's got gloves. Um... His character persona, everything about it was just, it's like the right music. It's just the right music for the gameplay, for the game itself. Because the game is, uh, you know, there's a level of cartooniness to it, but there's a level of, like, um, what's the word? Uh, difficulty, mm -hmm. you know? And I think, it's, I think it's properly represented and summed up in that track. Yeah, it gives you just the just the right amount of dread i mean it is still an adorable game <laughs> yeah but yeah, it does yeah. give you just the right amount of dread because you're at the last boss you know yeah absolutely you should be like oh crap you know well short track uh i, I love the um the the stereo effect you know and the little mm -hmm. uh the kirby i the very emblematic of kirby games little little <laughs> <laughs> They've always got those really quick staccato notes going on. It's a very, they have a very uh, specific cadence, uh, Kirby songs. But I think it sounds really good on on, on the uh, in the stereo track. So, <clears throat> good pick. Let's move on. Yep. So, uh, we would be remiss to talk about Game Boy and not bring up Tetris, mm. because Tetris is the quintessential Game Boy game, uh, original Absolutely. black and white Game Boy. We are limiting this only to black and white Game Boy, by the way. So no Game Boy Color, no Game Boy Advance, just original black and white Game Boy. Those were those were the limitations that we put on people for this one. So um, this uh, this track is called BGM One. Uh, it is from Tetris. Uh, this music was arranged and or composed by Hip Tanaka yet again, uh, very prolific in the early days of the Game Boy. Uh, and this song is based on the Russian folk song Korobeniki. Uh, 
which we've talked about on this show before when we did the Creator Month uh, special. When you yes, sir. Uh, brought the Floppatron playing this <laughs> song, which was uh, pretty magical. Uh, this was you're requested. all still very welcome for that. Oh, it was so good. That, I love that YouTube channel. The Floppatron's amazing. Absolutely. This was requested by Alex Days, uh, who is also on the Sonic Adventure episode with us. Uh, very happy to have this request. Very happy to hear this song, because uh, this one never gets old. Nope. Um, and just a, a little quick tip for anybody. Always have this song handy on your phone, because if you're near somebody and they're trying to like fit a bunch of stuff in the back of a car, just pull out your phone and start playing the song. Gets a laugh every time. <laughs> or that's like just humming the theme to Jeopardy or the the final Jeopardy theme. Yes, and that too. This is a very similar situation. All right, here's BGM one from Tetris. Enjoy. Tetris theme, otherwise known as BGM1, from Tetris for the Game Boy by Hirokazu Hip Tanaka. That song brings me so much joy. Right? <laughs> I, it's impossible for me to listen to that and not really just kind of want to dance in some fashion. It's so strange to me because that's that's never been the song that I associate with Tetris because my first Tetris experience, like I said, I didn't have a Game Boy till later... And I was more of a TV guy, so I played the NES version a mm. ton. And this song was not in the NES version. Right. Um, there was a there was the um, song from the Nutcracker Suite was in there instead, which was also really great Tetris music. And NES Tetris is a very good version of Tetris, albeit not as cool as the Tengen version, which had two-player mode from the arcade game. But, you know, that whole story is, is fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Podcast for another podcast. Podcast for another podcast. But yes, this is a. This, I mean, it's, it's kind of the ultimate classic Game Boy tune um, next to uh, Birabudo Kingdom from Super Mario Land. Um, but it's it just hits all the right notes uh, again. And this is also kind of fun to listen to, kind of the evolution of of Tanaka's mastery of what the Game Boy could do because he's doing a lot of the same tricks in this as he does in the uh, Balloon Kid soundtrack, but somehow in you know, by the time you got to Balloon Kid, it sounded even more orchestral and more full at that point. Because um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Tetris is basically the first Game Boy game. So uh, it still sounds phenomenal. I love all the very subtle, you know, the subtle stereo effects, like all the, the way the bass goes all over the place. I mean, it is adapting a classical piece of music. Uh, and I think it just does it brilliantly. Um, Tanaka really knew how to make the Game Boy sing. So, Yeah, I love the percussions. That's actually kind of my favorite part. 
the percussion portions of the track. It's very simple, you know. It it just works. Yeah, just these little little you know, bits of clicks. They're and they're enough. It just it drives it exactly as much as it needs to. Yeah, it's I, again like I said, I, I I love this piece of music. Quite outstanding. So thank you, uh, Alex Days, for requesting that tune. Next up, another request from Mr. Alex Wyzek, and one that I was going to pick anyway. <laughs> so you know, uh, yeah, just watch there it, was. Buddy. There was no way, um, well, I, I guess that's not entirely true. There were several songs from this game that I could have chosen, but uh, I think this was the right call. Um, we're talking about Tall Tall Heights from The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening um, by Mi- Minako Hamano uh, of Super Metroid, uh, Brain Age, and Donkey Kong Country Returns fame, uh, and Kozui Ishikawa, uh, known for Wario Land 1 through 3, uh, Star Fox 2, Mario Tennis, uh, and I know that uh, it is uh, Kazumi Totaka was also involved in the uh, soundtrack of this. Uh, Kazumi Totaka is um, you know, Wario Land, uh, various other games as well. Uh, the uh, character KK Slider from Animal Crossing is the, you know kind of based on uh, Totaka. I think he's he's known as Tota KK, and then KK Slider is how it came. I don't remember. I'm, I'm yeah. You know sure. what, if you know what I'm talking about, then assume you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Got it. Anyway, we're talking about um, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening soundtrack, which is phenomenal. Uh, we just listened to Cadence of Hyrule recently, so this one's probably fresh in everyone's mind. Uh, and whatever, man. This song's great. You can never hear this song enough. Uh, it's a wonderful re- uh, take on the traditional Legend of Zelda tune. It is a uh, masterclass in awesomeness, and we're going to listen to it. So here it is, Tall Tall Heights from The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening. Enjoy.
seem to remember it being called, uh, from Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Matt, give me your thoughts. Oh, man. Uh, quintessential, uh, Legend of Zelda musical piece. Um, mm -hmm. I think when people think of Legend of Zelda, that's the very first, uh, melody that comes to mind. For me, uh, it, it certainly is. This track, uh, absolutely fantastic. There's a lot of interesting things for me that go on in this track. Um... It, it certainly feels like um, they did this thing with um, transponding the uh, the main melody. They, they moved it up, and then it feels distant um, uh, from everything else, in, if that makes any sense. And so I think um, there is this... Uh, illusion of of large space so then there in lies the idea of the mountain range or so at least for me but my favorite absolute favorite part of this is that bass line yeah and when it breaks away and it's just the bass line do 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 yeah i sat here and i was like i really should learn that like <laughs> i just want to i want to grab my bass right now and I want to learn that very quickly because that is such a smooth bass line. Yeah, um, Banjo Guy Ali just recently covered this tune too. And he did oh, really awesome that, of job. course that, of course he did, <laughs> and of course it was great. That of guy can do no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. No, I'm kidding. I love you. Um, yeah, but that that bass line part is just that really gives me like life, as the kids say. Um, great track though absolutely great pick yeah wonderful pick uh i i mean i just don't even have words <laughs> they're unnecessary Link's awakening is, really Link's awakening is one of my favorite games period just bar none it is so good top to bottom floor to ceiling i adore adore that game and i i cannot wait in just a couple of weeks the remake on switch i cannot freaking wait i don't even care if it is just one to one and they didn't add anything new, I don't care. I will, with a smile on my face, plunk down sixty <laughs> bucks to play that in gorgeous full color HD on my TV. I, I I will with a big dumb smile on my face. I cannot wait to go through that game again. Out of curiosity, is there any other way to enjoy that game? 
uh, I Big mean, I suppose, smile. I suppose you could, like, you know, have just gotten uh, your wisdom teeth removed and you can't smile. Mm. Uh, it's possible, uh, it's dark, though bro. unlikely. Um, it's dark. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of stuff that makes me happy, let's move on to the next track. Uh, this is uh, this was a listener request uh, again by the lovely Matt Mudge. Oh, Matt. Oh, Matt, you wonderful man. What a wonderful, wonderful pick. This one was definitely on my list. This had to be picked. This is, uh, you know, another all-time for me. Absolute all-time. Another hip Tanaka track. This is Fever from Dr. Mario. And it is just one of the most brilliantly written pieces of video game music ever. It's so good. And the Game Boy version is... It's it's just the best. Um, yeah, this game came out for Game Boy and NES, and uh, I played the NES version way more than the Game Boy one because it is a game about matching colors, and doing that on a game system with no colors was pretty hard. Kind of tough. Uh, but I do have to give the nod to the music on the Game Boy version. Um, there's something more full about the NES version. Uh, it, it sounds more full, which is also done by Tanaka, which is really interesting. Uh, a fun, a fun musical experiment to go through. If you listen to the Balloon Kid soundtrack, listen to the Doctor Mario soundtrack, both for Game Boy, and then listen to um, the uh, what's it, what the heck's it called, Hello Kitty World for Famicom, which is a, a Hello Kitty reskin of um, uh, Balloon Kid for Famicom, uh, and Doctor Mario for NES. They use the exact same instrument sets. So, like, Dr. Mario for NES has this very, very specific, like, kind of bongo-y drum sound going on, and that's mm-hmm. also all over the uh, Balloon Kid music on the, the Hello Kitty game, which is it's so weird listening to that music with that instrument set. It's just nuts. But um, while I do adore the NES uh, soundtrack, uh, this version of this song has an extra uh, couple of seconds of music that isn't in the NES version. Um, right before it loops, it just goes into this really, really pretty... Uh, just kind of like really pretty, very brief refrain before uh, uh, looping back around. Um, and this song's a freaking masterpiece. And I was just playing Dr. Mario on my iPhone earlier today, so uh, this music is fresh in my head. But ain't no version like the Game Boy version. So here is Fever from Dr. Mario. Enjoy. <laughs>
and that's Fever from Dr. Mario. One of the best. One of the greats. You want to talk about an awesome bass line. This music, this song is all bass, and it's all good. It really kind of is. It's, it is. It's all bass. <laughs> and that's, what, that's kind of what I meant by the NES version. I think sounds like a more full tune. This is like, like there's so much staccato. But when it's not doing that, when it's just when it, it does fill out those little bits where it's full are just magic, man. Oh, I love this tune. I I couldn't agree with you more. It that there's just something uh, very fun about it. Um, there's something very um, what's the word? There's just something very chaotic, like a controlled chaos to it. There's an mm-hmm. urgency, obviously. There's a sense of urgency to play the game. I was never a huge um, Dr. Mario fan, but even still, like, listening to this one track, I could totally see the game in my head, and I can remember kind of playing it and being like, oh, my God, you know. The the little um, viruses or the germs, whatever you want to call them, they, they're, they're so iconic to me that they stick out the most. And for some <laughs> reason... The music seems to fit their faces in my head. I see the I see their faces and I'm like, that's what they sound like. And then I hear the yeah. music and I'm like, that's what they look like. The dancing around and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was it's a really good track. Again, another killer bass line. Yeah. Absolute killer bass line. True classic. Alright, let us continue this train of moving because we've got a lot of songs to listen to tonight. We do. Uh, it's a little, little supersized. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we supersized to do the, the Virtual Boy 30th anniversary or 20th anniversary, whatever the heck it was. Yeah, it couldn't be 30th. The Virtual Boy's not older than this. Um, so, let's uh, we, we supersize this one a tad, too. Uh, this next one is another request from Alex Wyzak. Um, you know, I, pr- I promise I didn't just load this up with all the songs that Alex requested. Uh, he just kept requesting interesting stuff. And this one was a very interesting track that I was unfamiliar with. Uh, but I wasn't unfamiliar with the artist. We're talking about the level one music from Robocop for Game Boy. Uh, and Whoa. this music was done by Jonathan Dunn, who we have uh, mentioned on this podcast before from the aforementioned Virtual Boy special. He did the music to uh, Waterworld for the Virtual Boy. Uh, but he also did music for... Uh, um, he worked with Ocean. Uh, so he did you know, some licensed stuff like Adam's Family for NES and Super NES, um, the really awesome Jurassic Park Super NES soundtrack, uh, also Jurassic Park for Game Boy and NES. Uh, so he's done some pretty pretty rad stuff. And this is as soon as I I, I booted up this track, it's like yeah, this is definitely his style. Um, he's, he's got a very I can definitely hear hear his style if you if you're familiar with those other games, uh, particularly Jurassic Park and Waterworld. Uh, if you're familiar with those games, this music is really right up that alley, and it's a, uh, it's just kind of cool hearing it coming out of a Game Boy because I'm not over fami- overly familiar with a lot of his Game Boy work. Um, but this is a cool track, so thanks Alex for suggesting this one, and let's give it a listen. This is Level One Music from uh, RoboCop for Game Boy. Enjoy.
Well, there's your level one, your level one music from RoboCop. That's a freaking cool song, huh? I did not expect that at all, <laughs> and like for the for the best, that was a really good track. Right? Who would expect something? It's it's like the Pictionary for NES soundtrack, you know? Like you're like, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna play this this weird RoboCop game for Game Boy. Oh, 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 it's like that, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I see you there. I see you. Yeah, no, I I was uh I I've never played this game. I I, I can't say no. I was ever all that interested in. I've never been a big RoboCop fan to begin with, so uh, it didn't really jump on me like, hey, I should play this Game Boy game. But um, sometimes this kind of stuff happens, man. Sometimes weirdo games, uh, even licensed games like this, have really good music in them. And Alex wasn't kidding. This is a good pick, man. I love it. That's the fun stuff about doing this show is sometimes you get uh, you get to see something you never normally would have. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, who would have played Robocop for the Game Boy? You know, and then there you go. There's a hidden gem. It is, and it's a really good one. Like, it's got a really... It, it starts off... I remember when, when Alex suggested it. I, I played the beginning of it, and I was like, eh... This has got to go somewhere, right? I mean, this this isn't this isn't very good. Like, it's... <laughs> It sounds like a was that the like a prayer in the beginning, you know? Oh my god, it does! <laughs> was, was, what, what am I listening to? But then it just turns into this like really awesome groove with like great drums, another killer bass line. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really awesome song. Good pick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely a fan of this one. Cool. All right, uh, let's move on to this uh, the, the next track, uh, and this one I I really liked why this was suggested because um, I wanted to try to avoid uh, picking music that was like just well this is the Game Boy version of this song that you know and love. Uh, I wanted to try to pick um, music that was unique to the platform, but this was a really good example of it. Um, we're talking about the song Jungle Battle from Operation C by Hidehiro Hidehiro Funeuchi, I think. Uh, Lose some steam the, in the middle there? Uh, yeah. Did the uh, soundtrack to the Castlevania adventure, Quarth, uh, Kid Dracula, among others. Uh, you will also notice a distinct lack of the Castlevania adventure soundtrack on here because we are covering that game in October. So uh, rather than spend a slot on a song you're going to hear again in a couple of weeks, we, we omitted it entirely. But Castlevania Adventure, say what you will about that game and its extremely slow pace and crappy level design, the soundtrack is fan-freaking-tastic. Heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, this one was by... Uh, uh, th- this this version of this song is it's the classic jungle theme, which you probably know as Stage 1 from NES Contra and the Arcade Contra. Uh, so yes, this the Game Boy version is... Uh, Again, I'm sorry, Hidehiro Funeuchi, I, th- I hope. Uh, and the original composition was by Kazuki Morioka, and this was requested by Greg Pollander, host of the Super NES podcast, uh, who is, I've guessed it on this show once or twice. It is a great podcast. Seek it out. Uh, Greg does a great job. Um, and he wrote, Operation C does an amazing job with the classic Contra music on Game Boy. Also the final boss fight in Final Fantasy Legend, which was another good one, good pick. Um, it just didn't make the cut of uh, you know just kind of ran out of episode uh, kind of ran out of spaces uh of music to to, to throw in this episode but uh, go dig up the final fantasy legend um soundtrack or get the collection of mana because uh final fantasy legend is the first game in the uh what is it second densetsu 
series, which is Secret of Mana here in America. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, track that one down. Uh, I've never played the game, but I've heard some of the music and you know seen a bunch of it, and it's it's been on my list of things to do forever. Uh, and I am going to get a physical copy of Collection of Mana and play it. I just it's going to happen. I just don't know when. But back to where we're what we're talking about. Greg uh, requested Jungle Battle, and I uh, I have to agree with him. I think this is in a really really good rendition of the classic Contra music that everyone knows and loves. So let's give it a listen. This is Jungle Battle from Operation C. Enjoy. <laughs> Jungle Battle from Operation C, a darn tasty rendition of that uh, that delightful tune. I say delightful, like, you know, you think back on uh, Contras, so what a delight that game is. <laughs> what a joy it is to play. I was, I, it's, it's funny, I was just playing Contra before uh, we, we recorded this tonight. I was working on my playthrough of the NES version of Contra, actually the Famicom version of Contra, um, just for... Uh, the collection. Oh. So, what'd you think, huh? Oh, have you played Operation C? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm not even really that familiar with kind of the Contra series. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I love Contra. It's a it's a classic, but um, ultimately, I think I might have played like Super Contra or Super C. Right? That's the next one. Super C. Well, all right. So the sequel to Contra in the arcade was Super Contra. On the NES, the sequel to Contra was Super C. Yeah. And then then we got Operation C, which was the Game Boy one. Then we got the masterpiece, and to my eyes, the best one in the series, Contra 3, the Alien Wars. Mm-hmm. And then it's all downhill from there. <laughs> um, Sorry, Contra hardcore fans. I don't think that game is very good. <laughs> so, so yeah, not not too, uh, too deep a relationship with the Contra series, but... That track is, again, it's one of those tracks that's, um, you know, 
Contra. I felt like um, this rendition actually sounded more full than um, some of the other tracks we may have heard. There's mm-hmm. something about it that it had kind of like a a nice full musicality and uh, just sonic ness to it. It just felt very full. Um, yeah, there's something about the bass line, I think. I, I, I agree with you. Just very full sound. Yeah. Um, again, quintessential Contra track. Uh, just just on, on the Game Boy to some extent. I know that you kind of said that at the beginning of this isn't... Or at some point you said this isn't just like the Game Boy rendition of a song. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just a very full track. I thought, uh, again... I think one of the things I'm really starting to kind of um, take away from this particular episode and and episodes we've done before where we did one or two Game Boy tracks is their ability to uh, kind of hit the bass on the head, like these really great A, compositions, and B, sample sounds. Um, That's really my takeaway from this. Yeah. Just kind of really nailing that the low end so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Konami, the classic Konami, has just had such such great track record as far as making sound in their classic games. I mean, just think of any platform that they've made games for, and like, it's like, alright, Blades of Steel, you know? <laughs> An awesome soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Double Dribble. You just, if Konami was messing with it on a classic console, Rocket Knight Adventures, any of the Contras, the Castlevanias, there's so much good stuff out of Konami. Uh, they really, really had a, an excellent way of mastering whatever hardware they were working with. Um, right. And this is a this is a great uh, a great rendition of that awesome yeah. awesome tune. Yeah. Moving on. We're going to move on to Donkey Kong Land. I love Donkey Kong Land. Um, I know this game gets a lot of flack uh, because it is, it's got a very different set of physics from Donkey Kong Country, uh, and it is, it's, it's rough. You know, it's rough around the edges, um, but I love this game because once you, once you kind of get good at playing this game, like once you kind of learn its patterns a little bit, it's, it's a lot of fun to romp through. Um, but honestly, what it is uh, that that draws me to it probably more than anything else is uh, its soundtrack, which is freaking brilliant. Um, I've talked about the game's story a couple of times. I think I, I talked about it here on the show before, uh, where the the story of this game is probably my favorite video game story ever, uh, where Cranky Kong was just like, Donkey Kong Country was only successful because it had great graphics. If you had a game on Game Boy, no one would buy it. Uh, and so he contacted King K. Rule and said, "Steal the banana horde again. We're doing this again, but on Game Boy. And oh, I got a bet with Donkey Kong. We're gonna see see if it works." <laughs> That's I such mean, a great metaphysical uh, right? re- uh, uh, approach. <laughs> it's, it's it's brilliant. Um, and I do think the game works in a lot of ways. Uh, so the the track that it is I decided to go with from this game is Pothole Panic. Um, there's a lot of really great songs in the soundtrack. Uh, and the soundtrack is attributed to Graham Norgate and David Wise. For the longest time, I thought this was a David Wise soundtrack because uh, if you listen through to this whole thing, it just reeks of David Wise's uh, sensibilities, particularly like the Wizards and Warriors soundtrack. Um, I don't know what it is that just reminds me so much of Wise's work, but from what I can tell, Graham Norgate actually did the bulk of the work on this. 
Um, uh, Graham Norgate has done a bunch of stuff. He did the music with uh, Grant Kirkhope and Robert Beanland on uh, GoldenEye 007 for N64. Uh, he wrote the ridiculously all-over-the-map soundtrack to Blast Core for N64. Um, he wrote the music in the original Killer Instinct. Um, after he split with Rare, he moved on to do stuff like Time Splitters and Time Splitters Two. But so, so he's got a he's got a heck of a resume uh, under his belt. And this soundtrack for Donkey Kong Land, I think, is flippin' brilliant. Um, I would assume that David Wise is credited because some of the tracks are you know, renditions of Wise's music from uh, Donkey Kong Country, but uh, it's the original stuff where I really think this shines. It's uh, It shows a real mastery of the Game Boy, uh, it, but in a very different way from the other tracks that we've listened to. It seems like the instrument sets, um, I say instruments, but you know what I mean by that, um, are a bit different from a lot of the other tracks we've listened to. So um, here is Pothole Panic from Donkey Kong Land. Enjoy. Uh, Donkey Kong Land actually was suggested on the uh, the Facebook page by Mr. Mark Lawrence. Uh, he suggested Jungle Jaunt, but that's uh, kind of this game's rendition of the uh, the Jungle Japes or uh, you know DK Island Swing, whatever you want to call it. Not DK Island Swing, you know what I mean? The that that the Donkey Kong Country song. Uh, so I wanted to pick something that was uh, uh, entirely original for the Game Boy re- release, and uh, I love this song. What do you think? Um, I actually really liked it. Uh never been one to play a lot of Donkey Kong. I, I've played Donkey Kong Country. I owned and played Donkey Kong Country inside out and backwards. Um, but obviously the more I do the show and the more I face time with you and your love of David Wise and everything Donkey Kong Country, I get uh, you know, more music from just this universe. And I don't think I have yet to hear a track that I haven't heard before that I don't like. Uh, and this is just another prime example. This is just good music. There was something about this uh, song that made me kind of like bop my head with like a smile. Like this is this is kind of fun. Okay, cool, man. it's a little jazzy, you know. It's got yes, going on in the beginning. It's got that jazz tempo and stuff. And then again, but it just kind of breaks it right in the middle, you know. Like when it when it just goes doo doom, then it just turns into like boom, boom, boom. It just it just changes the beat entirely for that little breakdown in the middle there and I love the way that just kind of like suddenly comes in it kind of gets that that kind of slow build where it's this very 
very simple, just the bass do 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 do, and then it just kind of builds that little, and that's the part that reminds me of David Wise. That little da 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 da. That that instrument choice mm-hmm. is very David Wise to me, and um, the way it eventually builds to that part and uh, then loops back around. Yeah, absolutely. That 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 bass break is just perfect. Um, and again, I think this is what you were saying before, how it um it goes from the jazzy to like kind of. Um, for lack of a better term, like a hip-hop kind of thing, I think that's indicative of just Donkey Kong Country in general, that they did a lot of um, hip-hop-themed stuff, which, if you do your history, is, you know, based on jazz and the samples from jazz records. So it's, you know, hip-hop's jazz influence. So the fact that we're sitting here saying, oh, it starts with a jazz piece and then it goes into a kind of uh, boom-bap hip-hop thing is like... Like, bro, that's just hip-hop history, <laughs> you know, hip-hop history 101 right there in a Game Boy game. So it's it's such a great track, and it it unknowingly does a, a little history lesson for those of us who know hip-hop, you know? I am not one of those people who knows <laughs> hip-hop. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, being being from the Bronx and, uh, you know, you, it's, it's kind of a thing, like, you, you're not allowed to live here if you don't <laughs> so yeah but yeah. yeah another again like i said before it's just another great track indicative of uh great composers you know it's it's another uh you know finger point at how good the um the software was for the game boy just to get these sounds to sound the way they do and here we are talking about them some 30 years later like <laughs> there's something to be said yeah and i never get sick of this i mean you know me i never get sick of this kind of music but yeah. really most of these most of these tracks are just on part of my regular rotation of stuff i listen to anyway uh yeah it's it's just good music period indeed well we're 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 past the halfway point here so let's 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 keep on a going. Mm-hmm. This one was requested by me. <laughs> this one's <laughs> this one's a hundred percent me, uh, and this is this is my ultimate Game Boy song because this is the song I heard come out of my Game Boy more than any other song on the platform, and by a very considerably large margin. I put so many hours into Mario's Picross <laughs> over the years; it is unconscionable. Like I've I've said before, here or on Stone Age Gamer, I played this game for 13 years That's regularly. Something. Just I would beat the game and then you know maybe take a month or two off and then just start back over again and just play these puzzles over and over again. I've never been amazing at them, you know. It's uh, I, I am still not a Picross master, no matter how much I play it. It's not the way my brain works, but I find it endlessly soothing. And it took 13 years for another Picross game to make it to America with Picross DS. Uh, so it was just me and my, my original Game Boy. Whatever I could, I always had something nearby that could play original Game Boy stuff so that I could play Mario's Picross. Um, and I always played with this tune-on, which is BGM2 from Mario's Picross by Toshiyuki Ueno, uh, who you may know from such hits as Itadaki Street for the Famicom, Mario Super Picross for Super Famicom, and Mini four-wheel, Four-Wheel Drive Game Boy Let's Go All-Star Battle. <laughs> 
Oh, yes, that one. <laughs> Those that, games, yes. That's the one. <laughs> this song has been reprised in other versions of Mario's Picross, uh, and was even part of the DLC in uh, Picross DS. You could play Mario's Picross tra- um, puzzles in Picross DS as DLC, and uh, it, it came with Mario's Picross music, which was so good. I loved the DS rendition of this. Um, but it, regardless, this is the original flavor of this song, uh, which I love and has played in my head endlessly. Um, I do wonder if this is the person who wrote the music for, because we recently did our One Hit Wonders, uh, another song from Picaros, uh, and I wonder if this is the same artist, um, because it's just, you know, that game is just listed as by Jupiter, so, and Jupiter has made all the Picaros games, as far as I know, so, uh, who knows, maybe. Either way, this is a good tune. I will not say it is the best tune of the night, but I will say that if I'm going to do an episode celebrating the Game Boy, this song just simply has to be on there. So here is BGM2 from Mario's Picross. Enjoy. song so so many hours i spent listening to that song and i'm still not sick of it i feel like this is a peek behind the curtain for everything that makes you as a human being tick (laughs) (laughs) i was um i was talking and uh (laughs) we said that um 
Because I was saying, you know, I wonder, I would love to take 24 hours inside of a dog's brain, mostly because I want to know how they think and how instinct works for them, because I have this very bizarre concept, but we won't get into that. <laughs> and then <laughs> my wife turns to me and goes, I think they just go, so now I think that this is what's constantly playing in your brain. Well, uh, <laughs> no, but it is usually, it's, it's, it's pretty frequent. This one, this one pops into my head. Uh, well, I mean, if you've been playing it for 13 years, it's kind of hard for it not to. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. I <laughs> guess I don't really have a ton to say about it. You know, it's, it's a good song. Um, it's uh, it makes good use of stereo. Uh, it's very good yes. background music, very plodding, you know, uh, less, Ethereal than some of the Picross, like the Picross S or Picross E stuff uh, that they've done more recently. Uh, much, much more, I guess, Mario styled. You know what I mean? Like very, mm-hmm. not like upbeat because you know it's a very, really, very methodical game. But it's a, uh, it's it's perfect. It is absolutely perfect for what it is designed for. Yeah, I could see. Um, I too am not very good at pick cross, and it's something that I really so desperately want to be good at. And no matter how hard I try, I'm just just not as good as I think I should be. Um, but I could totally see playing and being absolutely frustrated while, while this played a very taunting tune. But it's it's a good piece, like you said. It makes very good use of the stereo. You get the bass line in the um, right side, the main melody in the left. Um, unless you have your headphones in backwards, uh, hmm. but it, it's a it's a great little track, and you're right. Like that's something I could I could have playing, and I talk about this. I've, I know I've talked about this a bunch of times. It's something I could see uh, being played for, you know, quite a while before even thinking about it. Going, oh, you know, it's been looping for an hour, and I guess I haven't noticed it. So that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> let's keep uh, let's keep going. Next track, uh, oh, this is a good one. This is such a good one. So uh, the next track was requested by Alex Messenger, who is the admin of the VGM Podcast Fans Facebook group and all-around cool dude. Mm. I like me some Alex Messenger. Um, he requested this great track, Octopus, from the Game & Watch Gallery by Yoko Mizuta, uh, known for Legend of the River King, uh, Game & Watch Galleries 2 and 3, in particular... For me, music from Game Watch Galleries 2 and 3 are sublime. I've been dying to do episodes based on that music, but those were Game Boy Color, so we're sticking with uh, Game Watch Gallery 1 here. And he made a very, 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 very good pick. Um, Sorry, uh, the other name associated with composing for this is Jin Sugita, uh, whose only credit I could find is this game. (laughs) That's it. Hmm. So who the heck knows? But uh, this is a great song. It's it's uh, Octopus. So it is the music that's played in the modern uh, re- reimagining of the old Game & Watch game Octopus. Uh, and it's a, a, a darn delightful track. So let's give it a listen. Here is Octopus from Game & Watch Gallery.
great track. That was Octopus from the Game & Watch Gallery. Um, I have to say that uh, Mizuda's work only got better as the Game & Watch Galleries continued on Game Boy Color, but this... Uh, God, the stereo effect is so pre- pronounced in this, you know? Uh, and it's just a good, enjoyable, fun little track that, that matches this gameplay flawlessly. Uh, it's it's what a, what a good pick. Uh, having no real, um, you know, FaceTime with this game, uh, I really enjoyed the track. Uh, I'm, I was looking up um, some stills and things like that to kind of get an idea because I know what game and watch is. Uh, those, we, we talked about them before, the clamshell games and stuff. So I was very curious what uh, what you were talking about, Game & Watch uh, Gallery, but um, I can see it totally fitting, you know, the gameplay and stuff. One thing that really bugged me, and I kind of couldn't shake, and now I don't think anyone else is going to be uh, able to do so too as soon as I say this, the baseline uh, just, I don't know if it's intentional, I'm, I'm going to assume that it was unintentional, it's part of the baseline to that um, song from Sister Act. I will follow him. So it's, I love him, I love him, I love him, and I will follow him wherever, 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 wherever he may go. <laughs> so I couldn't get. I've never seen Sister Act, so you've ruined nothing. <laughs> but you don't know that you don't. You're not familiar with that song. I I am it's, not. It's like an old uh, girl group kind of Motown esque. Uh, you know what? Duo. I'm sure I'm familiar with it in some degree, <laughs> yeah. but I'm gonna go ahead and just tune it out so that it doesn't. So I apologize connect. to everyone else for that. But um, that aside, once I was able to kind of pull away from that, um, this is a really good tune, man. It went to a lot of cool places. Actually, there's a lot of dynamic to it. Uh, moved around a bit, which is always good. Uh, it's not the same you know, five notes over and over again. Um, yeah, it's a really good piece of music. Uh, again, despite my own, you know, hang-ups. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was a, that was certainly an unexpected uh, critique on that <laughs> You're welcome. Just, uh, you know, you never know when Whoopi Goldberg's going to pop up in your podcast. <laughs> she's, the Spanish, she's the Spanish Inquisition of actresses. <laughs> <laughs> that might officially be the most ridiculous thing said on the show. <laughs> Nobody expects to move on to the next track, Boom. Uh, which was requested again by Mark Lawrence. Sort of, uh, Mark. <laughs> I say sort of because <laughs> I called a, I called an audible on Mark's choice here. So we're we're gonna be listening to a song from uh, Mega Man and Doctor Wily's Revenge, a game that we've covered on this show before. Uh, he requested the uh, wonderful rendition of Cutman's theme, but again, since I was trying to um, avoid just doing renditions of songs that were on other uh, platforms, I wanted to pick one of the original tunes from this game. So I went with the excellent Anchor Stage from Mega Man and Dr. Wily's Revenge by Makoto Tomozawa, uh, who you might know from the Aladdin uh, Super NES version, Dino Crisis 1 and 2, and the horribly, horribly underrated product number 3 for GameCube. Um, that's a good track. It's a good song. Let's listen to it. It's awesome. It rules. Do it. Play.
That was Anchor Stage from Mega Man and Dr. Riley's Revenge, and that gets all of the yes from me. I It gets all of my yes, too. That's great. That was a great track. Such a good song. This is such a wild soundtrack. Um, we did these back-to-back. Uh, this was, was this before you were on the show when we did this one? Uh, probably. We did, um, we did Mega Man 1, and then we did this uh, as the following episode as kind of like a back-to-back compare-contrast thing, uh, because most of the soundtrack in this game is really uh, like wild reimaginings of the songs from Mega Man for NES. Um, so like they're, they're almost like cover songs of those, but on Game Boy, but not so much as like, like the Operation C one was just that NES song, but played through Game Boy, like a Game Boy rendition of it. These ones have like major differences between, uh, them and the, uh, the newer versions in, in Dr. Wily's Revenge. But, uh, this, this just goes to show you that the original stuff that Tomozawa was able to do in that game was also just ridiculously good. Um, Anchor's a, a cool character, and um, God, well, they re- redid this song when they did Mega Man 10, I think. Anchor was um, one of the DLC things. You could play the uh, the Mega Man Killers uh, stages in color, which was awesome because they were all the Game Boy stuff, uh, and they did a, re- a new, like, really, really heavy rendition of this song, uh, which was wild. Uh, highly recommend that. God, Mega Man 10 was... I love Mega Man. I love it so much. But yes, I, I, I love this song. Um, I love that the like second verse makes the bass into like just completely muted. You know, like it's just these very simple hits. Uh, whereas the first time through, the bass is like much more pronounced, and then it just kind of pulls everything back, and it makes the it makes the the whole level seem really uneasy. Uh, and then it comes back again uh, for the the second verse, same as the first. But good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, I, I don't have much to add to that, honestly. It's a really good track. Just, uh, you know, the Mega Man soundtrack n- almost never disappoints. Any game, you can pretty much, uh, you know, pull up. Uh, Mega Man 8. <laughs> I said almost never disappoints. <laughs> I know there's a few. Uh, I love that smooth jazz in your Mega Man games. <laughs> then have I got a Mega Man for you. Um <laughs> But yeah, almost never disappoints, and this is just one of those tracks that is is right there. It's just a beautiful Mega Man track. That's all I gotta say about that. Well said. All right, uh, we're gonna move on to our next track, uh, which was oh, where did I go? There it is. There it is. Sorry, lost my lost my page here. Uh, this was um, Main Caves for Metroid Two: Return of Samus by Ryoji Yoshitomi. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Mario Paint, Arms, Mario Clash, <sighs> music on Arms. I love Arms. I was just playing Arms uh, like like last week with my son because every now and then that game's just so much fun to bust out. That was such a good game. Uh, this was requested by Mike Sheridan, who obviously first requested Castlevania: The Adventure, <laughs> um, but we're gonna be doing that one soon, so no worries, Mike. Uh, but this was a really good pick, and I almost didn't go with it because we listened to it. I don't want to say recently, um, but we did that whole... One of my favorite episodes we did was when we did uh, compared Metroid 2, uh, AM2R, and mm-hmm. Samus Returns. That was a lot of fun. Um, yes, it was. So uh, we, you know, we, we've already talked at great length about this song. So if you want to hear more of our thoughts on it, um, you know, go back and listen to that episode. But in the meantime, let's listen to it because it deserves a spot to be listened to here today on our Game Boy Celebration episode. So here is Main Caves for Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Enjoy.
right, that's Main Caves from Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Phenomenal song. I, I almost, like, was gonna just... I said I was almost gonna skip it, but I couldn't... I can't skip it. It's too good. This song is too freaking good, man. And it, it it's... I love the, just that the, the very simple but extremely driving bass line, but... I don't know. Like I said, if you really want to hear our in-depth uh, in impressions, of which there are many, uh, head yes. on back to uh, our, our Metroid... Metroid 2 comparison episode, which was uh, super fun. Uh, I'll just say very simply, uh, again, great track, um, great like sonic tricks to make it sound bigger than it is. You know, again for the Game yeah. Boy, it's like that's crazy. Sound bigger than it is. That's a a, a good choice of words. It's, it does. It sounds it sounds huge. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it's it's just a, a handful of tracks smushed together. It's it's marvelous. There you go. All right, we are coming up on the end here. Uh, the next track is another one that uh, was requested by me uh, and granted by me because I have the power. I, I like uh, bu- uh, trotting this one out because this is a super obscure song uh, that is, I think, just quite wonderful. Um, and I've never found it on the internet. Uh, this was, I, I, I have this track because I plugged a wire right into my uh, Game Boy and played it and edited it together. Uh, to, to make sure all the sound effects were gone. Um, this is a song, as far as I know, just called BGM1, uh, from a very obscure Game Boy game called Out of Gas. Uh, this, uh, let's see, this is by David Hayes and David Warhol. Um, for more information on those two cats, uh, check out the episode that this song originally appeared in, was episode 24, One Hit Wonders, Volume 1. Um, this soundtrack is pretty decent, but this track is kind of like the main tune, and I freaking love it. This is a, um, almost like 50s-style surf rock kind of stuff, um, but coming out of a Game Boy, and what I find so fun about this track is that the, uh, the, the main, uh, melody is, it's basically a guitar solo, and, um, it was just this guitar solo transposed into Game Boy, so it plays out like somebody playing a guitar solo. It's, it's kind of all over the place, and, I just think this is a really, really fun song, um, and it's Black and White Game Boy, and you probably, if you haven't been listening to the show for a long time, you probably haven't heard this, and even if you have been, you haven't heard it in a long time, because who's playing Out of Gas for Game Boy? No one, that's who. I don't even think I've ever heard of that game. It's pretty pretty obscure, so uh, let's give it a listen. Here is BGM1 from Out of Gas. Enjoy.
<laughs> I love that song so much. <laughs> oh, God. The attention to detail on that one, like, really, it's... What, what astonishes me so much about that is just the attention to detail on the way that guitar solo is played out of the Game Boy. Like, the, when it changes from note to note, you can hear the hammer-ons, you know? Like, you can hear that it's, here's this one note, and it goes, like, it's not just playing the straight note. It plays the, the hammer-on to get to that note. It plays the, 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 you know, the trills and the vibratos, you know, like when you're holding a note, and uh, to, to keep it going, you just kind of shake your finger a little bit. You know, it plays that stuff, and it starts it not like when the note starts. It, like, starts solid and then changes into that, you know? It's... It's all these very, like, it bends, right, right, instead of just changing notes, it does those really good little bends, like, just like a guitar player would do. It's, this, this track amazes me, and it's, it's super fun, too. <laughs> I freaking love it, man. I, I don't even know what to say. Like, that was such, like, quintessential, essential, excuse me, uh, like, old school video game music. I have no clue what this game is about. I didn't even bother to look it up just because I said I really wanted to kind of get a good feeling for it. And all I take away from it is like that was like a fun chipper up to upbeat tune. And like, again, not knowing what the game is about, I'm like, all right, I'm kind of curious now. So yeah, you, peaked, you certainly piqued my interest. You called it, the game was what? That's <laughs> okay. Good luck. This game's called Out of Gas, and it's like okay. this weird, like, 50s spaceship game. <laughs> it's got this stupid story about, like, this guy who's trying to score with his girl on a date, and he runs out of gas and, like, tries to make out with her, and she won't make out with him until he gets more gas or something. <laughs> you have to, like, go around flying the ship. It's, it's kind of like a weird, almost action puzzle game it's such a bizarre game um but i freaking love this tune man i love this tune i love like i said all the the attention to detail and the way the music is played uh and i just think it's great i'm, I'm looking at uh like the box art and a couple of uh screenshots this is interesting it is certainly that okay everybody it's time for the last track of the night well, before we send you on your way, uh, which, you know, the the song that we're going to close out with is the only song that we could close you out with. But the last song we're going to listen to is probably one of the most important ones. Um, and it is a song from Pokemon. Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Uh, the game that saved the Game Boy and kept that system alive for way longer than it should have been. <laughs> uh, music by Junichi Masuda. Uh, who also did music for Yoshi, for NES, Pulse Man on Genesis, and obviously various Pokemon games. This was requested by Alex Days. Um, Alex actually requested the final battle music, which is um, it's a very good tune. Uh, I called an audible. I apologize, Alex, uh, for, for that. But I, I wanted to call particular attention to this track, Pewter City. Uh, the Pewter City theme from Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, I think, does something that is very uniquely Game Boy so incredibly well um, that it's it's the track that I always come back to. I'm not the biggest Pokemon fan, but uh, I, I have learned to appreciate the original game very much, particularly its soundtrack. And you know me, I've, I've said many times how much I love when um, the bass line goes high. Um, this song in particular does that 
just just so well and mixes all these notes together it it's it's one of the best possible examples i've heard of somebody just genuinely making the game boy sing uh it is it sounds orchestral in the way that it in the way that it comes together even just being the bleeps and bloops of the game boys you can just hear all the instruments coming together in in darn near flawless harmony. Uh, I, th- I think it's a masterful track. So, uh, again, Alex, I'm sorry. The final battle music is totally, totally killer. Um, but just because of this this song's specific uniqueness and something that uh, Junichi Masuda did really well throughout this entire soundtrack, uh, I think we should close out with Pewter City's theme from Pokemon. Enjoy. <laughs> city theme from pokemon red blue and yellow and uh boy that's um coming from somebody who has no nostalgia for this game um same hearing this for the first time when i did play the game several years ago uh this this whole soundtrack really really impressed me and we did it we did an episode me and vicky did an episode on pokemon uh, back then, and I'm pretty sure we used this song. I, I assume we must have, because this is one of the ones that really stuck with me, but, I mean, geez, just all of those parts, like, it's, it's gotta, it uses such minimalist percussion, you know? The entire percussion is just, like, it's just these little tiny hits, and it's just enough to keep the music driving, uh, and, and keep it organized because it's got those, I, I think it's four distinct melodies just going at the same time, playing together uh, in seamless harmony. It's, I just think this track is magic. Yeah, again, uh, I'm, 
I was a little, I think you and I are roughly around the same age, and the, the Pokemon craze, I, I missed it. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that'll get mad at me when I say, like, uh, I just don't get it. Um, I don't have any, you know, ties to this, to the cartoon, you know, any of that stuff. Uh, but this is a good track. Like, there's no denying good music when you hear it, regardless of where it comes from. Um, you're right, there's, there is quite a few melodies going on. Um, and again, with no real kind of frame of reference to Pokemon, there's something about this track that just feels very Pokemon. And I just don't know quite what it is, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I didn't even notice that there was any percussion. I just thought it was going to be, I just thought it was like a, like, uh, for lack of a better term, like an orchestral piece where, you know, percussion wasn't a thing. But the moment you said there's just, like, essentially hi-hats, I kind of went, oh, yeah, they were there, weren't they? Yeah, they're very, very subtle, but they are definitely there. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's just a, it's just a good piece of music. It's, that's why it's in this episode. Yeah, and you can't, you can't talk about the history of the Game Boy and not mention Pokemon because you know, like it, love it or hate it, it's it's such an important game for Nintendo, uh, for, for the Game Boy, for portable games, for gaming in general. Uh, it's 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 still it's still humongous. Uh, and it's evolved a lot, but not as much, you know? <laughs> a lot of the same basic principles, but yeah, podcast for another podcast. I, I adore this track, um, and as much as I still have not finished this game, even Pokemon Let's Go, I was playing the heck out of it with my son, and then he just kind of lost interest at a certain point because other games came out, uh, and I still intend to, to finish it. I really should kind of pour a, a little bit more of my effort into it because it's one of those things I feel that I should do as a gamer is finish Pokemon, and... You know the remake is uh, is is far is very playable, um, and I don't have to bust an original Game Boy to do it. Uh, so I'm just gonna keep sticking with that and just get through to the end of the story, so I can say that okay, I have done this. Okay, this is behind me now. But uh, uh, this the soundtrack for original Pokemon, top freaking notch, man. Just add big big fat thumbs up. So. There we have it. That's the episode. That's uh, that's the episode minus the last track, which uh, I'm looking forward to. But we we have to do our episode wrap up. So how you feeling, Matt? How, how did you th- how do you think we did for the Game Boy's thirtieth? I think we did a fairly damn decent job. We had a lot of a uh, lot of tracks from you know various places. Fairly eclectic mix. Um, I think we did a good job of displaying the capabilities of the of the sound uh, that that the Game Boy was able to produce. Uh, and, you know, uh, like I said prior, uh, bass lines, man. This, this thing really cranked out some bass lines. Agreed. I love I love me some, some good old Game Boy bass. Speaking of bass, though, <laughs> I'm going to have a very different kind of bass on our next episode. Uh, join us next time as we give another platform a belated anniversary special for the Sega Genesis. The Genesis is also 30 years old, and boy, the Genesis has some pretty distinct bass. Sometimes not in a good way, but many times in a very good way. Um, 
Matt and I will be looking at uh, mostly your favorite Genesis songs, with uh, some of our own tracks peppered in for good measure, or maybe the opposite. I don't know. I was talking about before the the show, and I have a bunch of songs picked out already. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm gonna throw this out on the Facebook page and see if we get another stack of great requests, just like we did, did this time around, and and pick the best from them. But um, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting episode because I, I feel like we don't cover Genesis enough on here. Uh, the no. Genesis has a very unique sound system going on there and there is some really good music on that platform so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it uh, as always we'd love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories on the video games we discussed here today and you can do so on our waveback forum page over on facebook just search for waveback on facebook you'll find out more information on our next games as well as a nice convenient place to talk about all of them of course, you can always still send us an email at mail at geekade.com, and while you're at it, check out all our social media channels, which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already, and be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. And of course, shameless plug, uh, if you haven't been uh, subscribed to the Waveback Overplay channel yet, that is a, a YouTube channel that I run where we I take two different versions of the same song and mash them up and see what they sound like. I'm currently running Earthworm Jim. Uh, which has been super fun, uh, mashing up the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis versions of Earthworm Jim, uh, making the pitch and tempo match the Genesis version, since that's kind of the primary. Uh, and it sounds really great, so check it out, Waveback Overplay. It's really uh, unique and interesting music. So, in the world of video games, the pantheon of gaming, there are two ending credit songs that affect me more than any other and they both involve flying away uh one of them is the ending credits music um well what the heck is that one called too far away something too far away times from chrono trigger absolute classic the other one is rocket ship ride from super mario land hmm. super mario land soundtrack again hip tanaka so brilliant is so unbelievably brilliant. Uh, this was a, another one of my favorite episodes we did where um, me and Vicky compared uh, Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Land soundtracks side by side um, you know, because they just represent the beginnings of the Mario franchise um, but from very different uh, musical perspectives you know, between Ko- Koji Kondo and Hip Tanaka. Um, <clears throat> this song is just... Uh, <laughs> Man, this song hits me in the feels every single time. It is a it is a flippin' masterpiece uh, of just just one of the most gorgeous tunes to ever come out of a Game Boy. This was re, uh, requested by Rebecca Suez, I think is how you pronounce her last name. I don't think I've ever actually heard her say it, um, but uh, she uh, is a friend of mine who works over at Level Up Entertainment in the Hamilton Mall, uh, where I buy most of my old video games and comic books. Uh, so this was an excellent. Excellent request. Uh, I, I think she just recommended Mario Land in general. Uh, she gets the uh, uh, attributes for uh, a- attribution. What is that a word? I'm making up words at this point. Doesn't matter. Super Mario <laughs> Land, Rocket Ship Ride. One of the best songs you will ever hear. Uh, a true masterpiece and a great way to end an episode. So, thank you very much for your patience while we got the, our schedules all lined back up. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the episode, and we'll uh, see you again in a couple of weeks for our Genesis episode. Uh, that's all I got. Have a great night. Enjoy. <laughs>